friends, and welcome to the Girl Means Business Podcast. I'm your host, Kendra Swalls, a photographer and educator on a mission to help you find your passion, power, and purpose through entrepreneurship. So let's jump right into today's episode because this girl means business. Hey guys, and welcome back to another week of the Girl Means Business Podcast. You are in for a treat this week because I am chatting with Sammy Roberts from Bustled, and we're going to be talking all about how to build a business that is recognizable, relevant, and has a fabulous reputation. All those things combined make it impossible for people to not want to share your information, impossible for people to not know who you are or what you do, and they will be dying to work with you. But before we get into our conversation today, I want to remind you about our 100th episode giveaway. We are just two short weeks away from our 100th episode, and you have a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. You have two ways to enter, and you can enter multiple times for multiple chances to win. One way to enter is to go over to iTunes and leave a review for the Girl Means Business podcast. Make sure you include your Instagram handle in your review so that we can easily find you and see who you are so we know who to award the prize to if you are chosen. You can also take a screenshot of your review and send it to me over on Instagram just to make sure that I got it. The other way to enter the giveaway is to take a screenshot of you listening to any of the Girl Means Business podcast episodes, share that screenshot to your Instagram stories tagging at girl means business to make sure that I see it. You can do that multiple times for multiple entries. There's no limit how many entries you can have. So if you share five or six screenshots of different episodes to your stories, plus leave a review, then you have five or six or seven different entries into the giveaway. Winners will be announced on February 24th, the day that our hundredth episode goes live And I'm excited. I can't wait to see who wins the gift card. I have some fun things planned for our 100th episode. So hopefully you will come back in two weeks to tune into that one. And make sure you go enter to win that giveaway because you never know. $100 to Amazon can go a long way. All right, let's get to my conversation today with Sammy. So Sammy Roberts is the owner of Bustle.com. Her background was at a PR agency in New York City, which gave her tons of knowledge and know-how onto how to design and execute large events. She used that knowledge to launch one of the top wedding planning companies in Charlotte six years ago. And she combines all this knowledge and her passion for bringing wedding inspiration and knowledge to couples at Bustled. So we are chatting today about what it means to build a business that gets recognized, build a business that has a reputation that people want to work with. So how do you create a reputation around your business? Sammy is going to be sharing with us all of her tips for how she grew Bustle to become one of the most recognizable brands in the wedding planning industry. And I can't wait for you to hear all of her incredible tips. So let's get to my conversation with Sammy Roberts. All right, guys, I am here today with Sammy Roberts. We are talking all about staying relevant. Sammy, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I am so good. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to chat with you. So let's start off, introduce yourself, give us a little bit of background about who you are, what you do, and how you help people. 
Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I, like you said, I'm Sammy Roberts. I am uh, one of the co-founders of Bustled and Bustled is an online wedding resource that connects engaged couples and wedding vendors based on fit. So um, kind of think about it like a dating app. Everyone takes a quick two minute quiz and then they're instantly matched to each other um, based on those answers to the quiz. And then um, prior to that, um, I also own, started my own wedding planning company, which I also still run. Um, and we also have a live stream platform that was born out of, uh, out of COVID at the beginning of 2020. We've helped hundreds of couples across the country to live stream their wedding uh, with our company LoveStream, which is a one-way high definition live stream platform. I love that. I, I love that you have pivoted to do something, you know, you, you saw a need with the live streams. I was telling you before we record, I, I saw my first live stream wedding I was a part of recently, which was awesome. And so I love that you saw an opportunity and to help people and to connect people in a way. And you added that as a service offer. That's incredible. Thank you. Yeah. And I love your website. I love the quiz idea. I was looking at it and I was like, that's so cool that, cause I, you know, there's a ton of wedding resource websites out there. But, um, and I'm a big fan of the quizzes. I think that's a really neat feature these days. And so uh, I'm just curious for my own like curiosity here, but the quiz aspect of it. So do vendors take the quiz too, or do they fill out a profile? How do you match your vendors with your, your brides? Yeah. So um, couples take a, you know, a little longer quiz. So it typically takes about two or three minutes um, that answers more of those a combination of tactical questions like what is your budget? What is your guest list? What is, how would you describe your style? What kind of venues um, speak to you? Those kinds of things. And then our vendors take a very similar quiz um, answering questions that are relevant to their category um, as if they were their ideal couple. So what would their ideal couple say? Um, What kind of budget would they have? What kind of venues would they work at, et cetera. And then the algorithm does the, the work instantly. So once couples take the, take the quiz, they're immediately, you know, go to a page where they can see, Hey, these are the top four photographers for you based on your answers to the quiz compared to their answers to the quiz. That's so cool. I absolutely love that. So how did you get the idea to do it in that quiz format? Yeah. So, um, I, like I said, I started my wedding planning company first, um, and I was probably about a year and a half in and we were, my husband and I, my co-founder and I, uh, were driving back from a wedding where he had been my assistant and, uh, we were, uh, talking about kind of the, the wedding that had unfolded, which was not exactly, we just, the bride and I had very different visions of, you know, how kind of things went about. Uh, she ended up abiding hundred extra people that we didn't anticipate and, you know, different things like this. And it was just such a crazy, like, you know, wedding situation. And we were driving back, like, how can we do a better job of finding like the right couples um, instead of just finding, you know, a couple. Um, And so the conversation started on this car ride back and uh, Ryan comes from data and technology background. So then that kind of sparked all these ideas in him of like, we can build an algorithm and we can, you know, make it fun. And, um, you know, we just have such different um, skills. And so we were able to kind of combine those skills into like, hey, this is this is how, you know, this is how it can be. And so we built it for about a year, talking to couples and vendors and kind of seeing what they wanted. Um, and then it was born a little, almost almost five years ago. 
Wow. That's so cool. I, I always like hearing the backstory of how things come about because it's all, it's never like, oh, we were sitting in our office and we, ha- we were, you know, pen and paper. It's always, we were doing something or we saw a need or we were in a car ride. I, I think that's so neat. Cause yeah, I think a lot of times there's this idea that these brilliant ideas come from like think tanks when really they come from real life conversations and moments and, um, you know, mishaps and things like that. So that's really interesting. Yes. Okay. So let's talk about a little bit the fact that you're in the wedding industry and which I'm familiar with coming from wedding photography background. And I know that it can be a very competitive industry because it's a huge industry. You've got tons of different vendors and resources, lots of resource sites, like what similar to what you have, but a little different. So how have y'all taken your bustled website and created something Obviously, it's unique. Obviously, it's a little bit different than what you see in other places where you just go and type in a search. But how have y'all stayed relevant, stood out from the rest of the pack, um, you know, created something that's not the same as everybody else? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest piece of that is talking talking to your customers and finding out what they are what they need and what their pain points are. Obviously this, you know, the idea was born from my own personal pain points, but um, that's not to say that that's the same across all and just, you know, across every single person. So as we were building it out, you know, we, we talked to a lot of customers on both sides of, of the table since we're a marketplace and found out like what problems they were facing when they were either planning their wedding or trying to find couples that they wanted to work with. Um, and so that was kind of how those initial conversations went, but that didn't just stop when we launched either. I think it's so important to kind of just continue those conversations and things that we have developed and, you know, launched along the way have been feedback from, from clients of, Hey, we'd like to see this, or we'd like, you know, how about this? And then we've taken that feedback and kind of given it our own spin. Um, even with love stream, it was the same kind of thing where we started saying like, how can we, you know, help couples and vendors and, you know, keep weddings alive when we're all like locked down. Um, and so that was, you know, kind of those conversations as well that then turned into, you know, what our final product is and continues to be. I think for us, it's all about kind of continuing to evolve um, to stay relevant. Yeah. I think you've touched on some really key things there. One of them being the fact that like, listen to your audience. I think so many times People start their business or, or start a brand or an idea or a product with the idea of this is what I want it to be. And that can get really easily off track from what your audience actually wants or needs. And so I love that you said, you know, you're listening to your clients, listening to the brides, getting feedback from them and constantly evolving based on what they need. I definitely think there's a balance between, you know, what you're, what's best for your business and your vision but it's also like what fits your client's needs. Um, and then, yeah, being able to evolve. I mean, I think this last year has taught us all that we have to be flexible. We have to be willing to think outside the box a little bit and adapt and change. And yeah. So what would your, what advice would you give to someone who is feeling kind of stuck? Like maybe they're stuck in the idea that they don't know how to, keep their business relevant. They don't know how to adapt to what's going on in the world around them. They aren't quite sure how their brand can pivot. What advice do you have? Yeah, it's hard. Um, That's like, it's, it's hard because especially with your business, it's your, you know, it's your baby and you want it to be 
you want it to be successful, but you know, also the, the vision you have for it. So I think the biggest thing is utilizing, utilizing, you know, your community around you. So whether that's through social media, there's so many great resources, um, online, just even thinking outside of your specific industry and seeing what other companies are doing, um, can help to inspire you into like, what can we do? Um, I know for us, you know, when everything kind of shut down, it was such a, such a whirlwind. It all happened so quickly. Um, and we had like a really great team of mentors around us that kind of helped us to say, cause you know, Ryan and I sat down and we're like, okay, here are 12 different pivots that we're going to do. <laughs> and, you know, our mentors, we sat down and told them and they were like, okay, so 12, like that seems a little aggressive, you know, like <laughs> very nicely, but like you need to pick one. Um, so, you know, and I think just like having people who could kind of be that sounding board, whether it's a mentor or a friend or, you know, a significant other or whoever that is to kind of say like, here's where I am in my business. I don't, you know, I don't know what that next step is, but I want to find that next step and just getting, you know, getting creative and putting all the ideas out there and then, you know, finding the one that's going to work best for you. Yeah. I love that. And my husband kind of serves as this for me a little bit because he's the rational one, whereas I'm like the dream big one. And so even just the other night, like we were kind of pitching out ideas. I was, you know, I have um, my 100th podcast episode coming up and I was like, okay, I need some ideas of like how to celebrate a hundredth episode. And, and I was like, just throw at me whatever comes to mind. And I mean, some of them were ridiculous, of course, but I think that like having somebody that you can go to, whether like you said, a spouse, a friend, a mentor, somebody else in your industry or another business owner outside of your industry, just somebody that you can have as this, like you said, a sounding board. You know, I think even if it's someone to look at you and go, okay, that's ridiculous. Like, <laughs> like that's never going to work, but good thinking. Um, or someone that can hear an idea that you have and have a different take on it that you may not have you know thought of before. I know that's happened to me where I'm like, oh, what about this? And they say, okay, that this part of that's good, but we need to tweak it here. or We need to change something here. Uh, I think that's really, really definitely good information. So I'm curious, kind of going back to the idea of listening to your audience, how do y'all balance like listening to the needs of your audience and the vision you have for your, your business? Yeah, I think that's a hard one because you, especially, I mean, Brian and I are both people pleasers. So like we want to make everybody happy and we would love to build everything that everyone gives us as an idea, but obviously that's not always like feasible. So for us, we take that feedback and then we kind of see if that aligns with what our mission is, you know, is this going to help us to grow the business? Is it, does it align with our mission and our values as a company? Um, or is it an idea that could maybe be evolved into that? And what is the value of it going to be? Um, how many of our customers is it going to make? Is it going to make happy? Is it just going to be this one person? Which, while we would absolutely love that, is it going to make you know majority of our customers happy? So we kind of look at that and have to weigh the pros and cons, and um, also have to look at how much is this going to cost us to build, you know, and what's going to be the value of that um, to our our customers? Is it a good for now, good for later. Um, so we just kind of have to look at all of those different pieces, but for us, it always comes back to looking at the, the mission of the company and making sure that everything kind of aligns towards how we want to move forward. Stay with us. We'll be right back. 
If you've been listening to the Girl Means Business podcast for any amount of time, then you know my love of email marketing runs deep. Not only is it a great way to generate new leads, but it's one of the most effective methods for nurturing warm leads and turning them into sales. Now, over the years, I've tested several email platforms, and my favorite by far is Flowdesk. Not only do they make email marketing simple and easy, even for the technically challenged, but they have everything you need to create stunning emails, capture leads, make sales, and automate the entire process, giving you time back in your busy day. And the cherry on top is you're only charged one flat fee no matter how many subscribers you have. So while other platforms will increase your price when you go over your pricing tier limit, Flowdesk has no price increases or hidden fees. If you're ready to give Flowdesk a try, click the link below in the show notes to save 50% off your first year. Let Flowdesk help you design emails people will love. Click the link below and check it out. I have a feeling you're going to love it just as much as I do. And how are y'all getting the data from your, your client, your audience? Like, are you polling them? Are you having conversations with them? Because I know it. I, you know, I hear a lot of people say like, know what your audience wants. And I tell my, you know, my audience that I tell my clients that I'm like, make sure you know what your audience needs, they know your, their pain points. And one question I always get is how do I figure that out? So how do you, or how, you know, in your business, how do y'all find out what your audience needs? What are the things that they're struggling for? The things they're looking for? It's kind of a combination of all those things. Um, we, especially when we were first starting, we literally would take people to coffee and say, we will take you to coffee. You know, we'll give you a gift card, whatever it might be so that we can, we can pick your brain um, on what your pain points are. And so we would sit down and have those conversations. Um, we still do that today where we'll sit down and have more of these personal conversations just so that we can make sure that we have you know, a good pulse on what people are wanting, but we also do a lot of surveying, um, with love streams specifically after their wedding, we send them a questionnaire and we ask, what could we have done better? What would you, what do you wish we had done? What do you wish we offered? Um, we have also have personal conversations with almost every single couple or, and, or every, so every single couple on the love stream side and almost every single, every couple on the bustled side, because we, we vet them. So we talk to them and have a personal conversation and we'll ask those questions too, kind of not as, you know, in depth as we would if we were sitting down having coffee, but, you know, we get feedback from them in that sense. And we take all that feedback and kind of compile it together into what, what the future holds for, for the company. So what would you say, because I know I can already hear some of the people asking this in their head as they're listening to this, there's a little bit of that fear I think for people around the idea of what if they say something I don't want to hear or what if they say something that's not positive. So any advice or tips for that or how to like prepare yourself just in case somebody has, because, you know, we do like the idea of saying, Hey, give me your feedback. What did, you know, what are your thoughts on this? And having them like praise us and be like, Oh, you did it so well. It was so great. But you're also doing it to figure out like, what can you improve on? So you're going to have to take the, critique with the praise. Mm -hmm. So do you have any tips or advice for like preparing for that or, you know, softening the blow a little bit (laughs) in the beginning? I don't know if it ever gets easier uh, because right. It's, it, it, it feels personal, even though it's not, 
Um, I think that's the biggest piece is it's not personal and you, you did ask for it. Um, but I think making sure that also you maybe give some parameters too, like what kind of feedback are you looking, listening, looking for, not necessarily just looking for any kind of feedback, but maybe you want to specifically know, like, what could we have done better on a customer service side or how could our platform have been easier for you? Or, you know, what made you, for instance, um, Ryan is uh, great at this. If someone chooses not to go with us, he always asks, why did you choose not to go with us? It's never great. They've already told us no, but at least now we know, hey, we tried to decide to go with you because of budget or because we found this or we liked, you know, this better or whatever it might be. And then we can take that feedback and say, okay, but maybe this client wasn't the right fit for us. Or if it felt like they were a right fit, maybe we can improve in some way so that next time when we have that same client, we win them next time. And I think that's the biggest piece is remembering the feedback is going to help you to win that client or make that client happy or whatever it might be next time around. Maybe didn't do it this time around, but next time around, you'll be that much better. Yeah. No, I think that's so smart. I love the idea of like asking. I think we get so focused on asking like our our clients, our current or our past clients, or like talking to people that we that have hired us, that have worked with us or purchased from us, that we forget about the ones who walked away. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're going to get your your really juicy stuff is like, why, why were we not a good fit? You know, and again, I think there's that fear around wanting, you know, the rejection piece. Like it's yeah. easier just to say like, okay, I'm going to forget that ever happened because they didn't want to work with me. But following up, and I think too that that shows that client that walked away, you know, that this is not, you know, a heartbreaking thing. I get it. This is, it's purely business. There's something clearly that somebody else did differently than myself. Um, I may start implementing this with my photography business, like figuring out like, okay, so you chose to go with somebody else. What was that reason? Was it, you know, is it price point? Is it this or this or this? Um, you know, there's a lot there. I also think another kind of an idea that came to mind when you were just talking, going back to like where to get this information, because if somebody is new to business, they don't have a lot of clients starting out or they don't have any clients starting out, you know, and they're thinking, okay, this is all good and great. If you've got this, you know, sea of clients you can like go to, or people who are walking away that you can ask questions to, but what if you don't have anybody? Um, And so I think this is where, Things like social media can come in really handy, um, whether that's posting like polls and questions on your stories or in your your information. But um, one thing I've seen a lot of and I've kind of taken bits from, and especially in the wedding industry, is Facebook groups. Yes. There are so many Facebook groups for for brides, for wedding vendors, for all these things and or whatever industry you're in. And if you go in there and you just start listening to the, the questions that are being asked or the comments that are being made about different things, there's your research right there. Like you're able to get a lot of really good data from being in some of those Facebook groups. Besides that, do you have any other ideas for like somebody who's brand new, how they can kind of try to tap into what their ideal client might want or need without actually having any clients yet? Yeah. I mean, I think Facebook groups is a great way to kind of, even if you're just kind of like lurking in there and seeing what people are saying, right? Like you, you get such a good feedback of what people's pain points are, because a lot of times you'll see in that Facebook 
group, the same kind of pain point or same uh, thread kind of running throughout what people are saying. Um, but if you find someone who does seem like an ideal client, maybe that's in a Facebook group or in an Insta- you know, on an Instagram post or someone who's following your account, even if they're not a client yet, it's still, you could still reach out to them and say, Hey, can I, can I give you a, you know, can I send you a gift card or buy you a coffee or whatever it might be for a quick in-person, you know, zoom meeting where I can ask you a few questions or something like that. It doesn't have to be a ton of people, but you could pick a few people who are kind of those ideal clients and ask them people about love to tell you about their experience. So if you give them a little incentive, then it's a good way to kind of get some initial feedback, even if you don't have any clients yet. Yeah. And I think we all assume that people don't want to be bothered with those questions, but I know like for me, like I, if I know that my opinion is going to help somebody or that my experience is going to help something be better, I'm more than happy to give my opinion. I mean, I've done it multiple times where I've had people reach out to me from, you know, an, an app that I used or a program that I used. And they'll email me and say, hey, can we do a quick 15 minute Zoom call where I ask you some questions? And, you know, they'll be like, we'll send you a $5 or $10 Amazon gift card or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, sure. That's, I mean, I'm happy to give you my feedback, good, bad, and ugly, you know, <laughs> I'm going right. to be honest. But, <laughs> you know, I think that we all are so worried that we're going to bother people or that we're going to like, you know, put them out in some way. And, that's just not the case. And if they don't want to, they can say no, and that's perfectly fine. But if we don't ever ask the questions, we're never going to get the answers that we're looking for. Yeah. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about, you know, building a reputation. I know that's a big pain point for a lot of business owners starting out. Speaking of pain points is that, you know, trying to come into an industry, whether it is the wedding industry or something different, a lot of times the biggest thing I hear is there's just so many people doing what I do or something similar. So any tips or advice you have for creating a reputation or building something that stands out or that sets yourself apart from everybody else? Yeah, I think knowing what makes you different is, is important. So while there might be a lot of options out there that are very similar, knowing what is going to make you different is going to help you to set that reputation and then making sure that you're showcasing that in everything you do. Um, one example that comes to mind is a photographer friend of ours and they are, they are super great. Um, and, but they love capturing like the couples more than the moment, more than the tiny details and all of those things. And so they've made that their, you know, their kind of, um, their thing. And so that everything on their website and their Instagram and all that stuff reflects that. And those are the kind of couples that they're going to attract. Um, so I think that knowing what makes, what makes you great and what is going to set you apart, even if you don't have any clients yet, you can go ahead and start building that reputation of like, this is how I'm different. And then communicating that in all of your marketing materials and social media, when you talk to, you know, potential clients, all that stuff. Um, it just helps to kind of start associating your name with that feeling you're trying to create. Yeah. And I think that's so important. I think it's that whole idea of trying to be everything to everyone. You're not going to be everything to everyone. And if you try to, you're going to end up failing. So figuring out exactly what you said, like, what is your thing, you know, And that's like, for me with the photography, it was like, I'm not a details person. So if they're looking for somebody who was going to be all about like these perfectly styled flat lays, like that's not me. 
but I will get the moment when your mom cries watching you get your dress on. I'm going to get that moment when the flower girl is watching you and with like so much awe in her, in her face, you know, like I'm going to get those things. And that's what I felt without realizing what I was doing. That's what my clients were coming to me for, you know, and like when they would send me their shot list for the day of like their must have photos, it wasn't, I want this beautiful photo of my shoes and my jewelry and my perfume. It was, I want my mom zipping up my dress while we smile at each other or whatever, you know? And right. so I think that's definitely lean into what you're good at. And that's where, again, like you have to kind of put your blinders on and, and say, like, I'm not going to worry about what X, Y, and Z over here is doing. I have to stay true to me. And I don't know if y'all have done that as far as like, you know, or if you struggle with that at all, when you're looking at other people and other sites that are kind of doing similar things, have y'all been able to, you know, kind of stay in your lane? Do you look to other people for guidance, other websites and resource sites or like, where do y'all kind of fall on that spectrum? Yeah. I think it's easy to do no matter, no matter who you are, whether it's business or personal, like the good and bad of social media, right? But it's easy to look and kind of compare yourself. And so I think the biggest thing is, yes, you want to know what's out there and what you're competing with and what other people are doing. Um, But you want to stay true to your business. And so, you know, for us, we want to showcase weddings of all types and all different types of details and just all the different things that you can do with a wedding. And of course there's accounts out there where it's only these high end, you know, crazy, beautiful, and it's beautiful and it's great inspiration, but that's not true to our brand. And so it is, it is hard, you know, it is a balance of figuring out like what people are looking for, what is true to your brand. And then how can you communicate that in, in everything you do? Um, it's, it's, it's not easy when you're looking at competitors for sure. Um, but just trying to stay true to yourself and coming back to those key like values in your company, um, I think will, will help you to kind of define that and make sure that your reputation is being communicated correctly. Yeah. I think about like, and I don't, I don't remember who it was that said this, but there was some musician I heard an interview with one time and they were asking him about like just the, you know, songwriting process and the music production process. And he made some comment. He's like, you know, I, he's, when I go into like songwriting mode, he's like, I have to stop listening to other people's music for a while. He's like, because just almost without realizing it, he's like, I will end up incorporating something I heard in somebody else's song into my music, not meaning to, he's like, it just happens that way. And so I think you have to be careful kind of what you're consuming because whatever you consume is going to affect what you're creating. And so if you're in creation mode and you're like, okay, I want to create something that's different and unique and that stays in line with, like you were saying, like with our vision and with our mission, then it's almost best to just kind of stay off of social media for a, a few days or you know, not go into those Facebook groups or not look at those Instagram accounts. You know, that's why you can like mute people and unfollow people for a while. (laughs) And just that way you don't have to worry about creating something and then realizing, oh, wait, that looks a lot like this person's thing because you were so busy consuming their information, their content that you weren't focused on your own. Yeah. And I think especially when you're first starting out, like you may not know, you know, you might have an idea and then you look at other people and then it starts kind of clouding your vision. So 
try to stay true to what you are and then take that feedback from clients. Like you said, your clients were coming to you because they wanted those moments. You didn't even realize that. Um, but I'm sure that you kind of started realizing that as you got feedback from clients. So in the beginning, you may not know and you may not know exactly what that is. But as you get that feedback, just continuing to like fine tune what that is, because clearly it's what's attracting your clients to you. Yeah. And I think that that's something that, you know, I, I believe I've said it in the previous podcast episode, but about like finding like your brand style. And like, I know for me, for the longest time, like I do a lot of boudoir sessions too. And, and I would do these little post session interviews with my clients, kind of a, a real time, like feedback, you know, and it, I had four or five questions I would ask every client things like, how did you feel before coming into your session? You know, how did you feel during your session and after your session? And what advice would you give to somebody else that was thinking about booking a session? And I kept, and I would record them just like the audio so I could listen to it later on. And um, I kept hearing the same like words over and over again, which was things like, I feel so confident. Like they felt nervous and anxious and self-conscious before. They felt confident and beautiful. And, um, you know, like a lot of times like I finally feel like I see myself the way other people see me, like things like that. And when I heard those same things over and over again, multiple times, I was like, oh, that's my brand. That's what sets me apart. So it wasn't so much that I was telling my audience, this is what sets me apart. It was the other way around. My audience was telling me what was setting me apart. And so even taking the things that you're talking to your clients about, the questions you're asking, you know, make sure you're, you're keeping record of the things that they say in their words because it's easy to take it and put it into like our own filter, you know, (laughs) and even something as simple as like, if your client keeps saying, you know, photo shoot, but you're calling it a session, that's a very, you know, that's the terminology. They're going to be looking for the word photo shoot. You're using the word session. It's something completely different in their mind. So even something as little as that and utilizing that to help create your brand, what you're putting out on social media, what you're putting on your website, how you're talking to your clients, all of that can come from those conversations that you have with your, your potential clients or your past clients or whoever you're, you're talking to. So it, there's so much value in listening to your audience and really listening to the words they're using, the things that they're saying, both good and bad. 100%. Uh, you can learn so much that way. Yeah. Awesome. Well, do you have any other like last minute tips as far as when it comes to creating like, you know, um, standing out, creating sort of this brand that is recognizable and that people want to work with? Do you have any last minute tips for us? Um, I think my biggest tip is just is truly just listen and be prepared for the good and the bad, because uh, the bad can be just as just as beneficial as the good. I remember when, you know, I was just starting my planning company, one of my very early clients said everything was great. And then I asked them for feedback and, you know, they were like, well, I wish that you would have asked me, you know, where certain things should go. And I was like, wow, like first I was like, okay, well that kind of stinks. And then I was like, okay, I need a better process for this. And so that, you know, kind of evolved itself. And it's, it wasn't that she was unhappy. It was just good feedback for me and made me that much better. And so I think just remembering that the feedback when you ask for it isn't critical in the sense to hurt you. It's critical in the sense to help you move forward. And it, I think being open to that feedback will help you to develop, you know, even better reputation, even better brand because clients will walk away saying, 
wow, thank you so much for caring that much to even ask for that feedback. It just leaves such a positive, you know, kind of feeling for them. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. Well, Sammy, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. So let everybody know where they can find you, where they can follow you. Um, If you have any resources for us, can you share that with us real quick? Yeah. So um, you can find us at Bustled, B-U-S-T-L-D.com and also Bustled on Instagram. And then for Lovestream, we're lovestream.io and lovestream.wedding. And then you can also check out our podcast, um, which is on iTunes as well. Awesome. And I will have all of that linked down in the show notes. They can easily find you. Thank you so much. This has been such a great conversation and such valuable information. It actually makes I mean, it makes me excited to go and get feedback and talk to my audience and, and hear what they have to say. So it takes a little bit of that fear out of there for it. So thank you so much. And I appreciate it. And uh, have a wonderful day. Thank you. You too. Thanks for having me. Another huge thank you to Sammy for joining us today, for sharing a lot of really valuable knowledge and information with us. Make sure you are following her on social media. Go send her some love and let her know you heard about her here on the Girl Means Business podcast. And once again, don't forget, you have time still to enter the 100th episode giveaway. So make sure you have left a review and you are sharing those screenshots tagging at Girl Means Business to be entered to win the $100 Amazon gift card giveaway. All right, ladies, that does it for this week. I hope you have a fabulous week and I will see you back here next week. Same time, same place.